Hi, you're listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life with me, your host, Mimi Novik. I'm so happy and thrilled to have you here with me. I have created this series for all of us so we can change our world together and live a more holistic and balanced life. Together, we will share lots of inspiring stories from all walks of life, speak with leading experts, enjoy healthy living ideas, explore music and subjects that inspire each other to always have hope. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate all of you. Hello everyone and welcome to another show of Secrets for an Inspirational Life. How are you all? I hope that everybody is well and looking after themselves. Today here in the UK we have rain which I think is much needed as um, I just got really tired of watering the garden all the time so you know you know small mercies and all of that but thank you so much um, for joining me today and today I have a rather wonderful guest actually who has a fabulous story about how he was a former royal engineer in the British army And after leaving the army, trained to become a soft tissue therapist, and that has now led to him being sought after internationally. So without further ado, I would like to introduce to you John Baker. Hi, John. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well. What have you been up to? How are you coping in these days? I'm always asking my guests that now. Yeah, I suppose um, I have been lucky enough to get outside and enjoy some of the sunshine, doing a lot of uh, cycling, a lot of running, um, and to equate for all of the extra calorie burn, I've been um, (laughs) delving into the history books and doing a bit of um, baking, um, which I haven't done for a long time, and making all sorts of uh, sweet treats and goodies. What's the latest thing that you've been doing? Today was some Belgian buns, which um, oh, wow. turned out quite nice. Yes, they were very good. Very nice. Is it a new recipe every day? It is. It's, um, it's, it's getting uh, in touch with some old old recipes and things I used to bake a lot when I was a kid with, with grandparents and, and my mum and also um, experimenting with things that I've tried from, from various places all over the place and just uh, chucking things in a bowl and seeing what comes out, really. And it works, does it? Well, some of the time it does. Most of the time it does. <laughs> and when it doesn't, well, it's just, no, exactly, exactly. And if it doesn't, it's just a learning opportunity, isn't it, to um, try, try a different recipe next time. So Absolutely. Well, that's a very good way to keep yourself occupied and the family rather happy. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you again. Thank you, John, um, for joining me today. I'm really pleased that you've been able to come on. And I gave a little introduction, which really doesn't, do you justice but um, as I said you were a former Royal Engineer in the British Army and after leaving the army you trained to become a soft tissue therapist and now you work internationally as well as here in the United Kingdom for the Ironman events and sports teams such as the um, British bobsleigh team, the Argentinian rugby team, and the Jacksonville Jaguars American football team. Wow. I was wondering yeah. how I was going to get all of that out. And you're <laughs> also writing, uh, I think you're halfway through a book about well being and motivation and um, mobility and training because you deal with a lot of athletes as well as day to day people. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um... Tell us right a on all, about right on all counts. What you do. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, like you say, I'm a soft tissue therapist. That's my sort of my my main my main job at the moment. Explain that. To um, just in case so they don't know. it's it's one of those roles where you might have heard people call it um, sports remedial massage, uh, sports massage, um, deep tissue massage. All of these sort of things are all sort of. Um, 
encompassed under this bracket of of soft tissue therapists it's really um the style of treatment for addressing everything that isn't bone basically so your muscles your ligaments your tendons connective mm-hmm. tissue um and really how how that works within the body and how it can manifest itself in all sorts of different problems and issues and injuries okay um, and how throughout us so tell me um you were in the british army and you left what made you get into this work what inspired you to um become a soft tissue therapist yeah um so you really it all it goes back to to when i was when i was at school um and grow, growing up, I, I never really had a, a clear picture of I wanted to be this thing. Um, mm, I, yeah. I always sort of, you know, was, was around the idea of, yes, I'd love to be a PE teacher or a physiotherapist or a fireman or, um, you know, fly planes or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, mm. But never, never really any solid idea. Um, I didn't really get on too well when I was going going through school sort of academically. So um, I didn't mean I did all right with GCSEs, but um, A-levels, you know, was was really a, a non-starter for myself. Um, so that sort of ruled the, the physio out straight away. Um, I tried to go to sort of a college course and that didn't really, just I just wasn't ready for, for further education okay. yet. Um, went through all sorts of various different jobs um never really finding anything that that was a as a permanent fix for me nothing that really suited so i ended up basically getting to about 20 and thought oh you know enough's enough now i've got to sort of make a make a change otherwise i'm going nowhere fast um so i ended up joining the army um which was by far uh, the the best move that i that i could have done it um it's fantastic oh absolutely absolutely you know it's it's a complete lifestyle change for everyone and anyone um a complete shock to the system it was for me as well um and it's for it's for most people i think getting getting used to uh, having angry people shouting and screaming at you during basic training (laughs) (laughs) Um, yes yes but it's it's all it's all needed um and it was it was fantastic, you know. I think a lot of how I am um, even today is is down to sort of the, just the basic um, the, the the basic core values that the army works off of in everything that it does. And how long were you there for, Jim? Uh, so I was in the Royal Engineers for five years. Um, so not mm-hmm. a particularly um, long term career move for myself I knew going in it wasn't ever I wasn't ever going to be the the 22 year career soldier it was a stopgap between me being sort of wandering around doing a bit of nothing to what I eventually wanted to to go on to do I had no idea what that would would be really um but then when after after my time was up um I was made redundant from the army in all of the defense cuts back in 2013 um which was great I, I volunteered for it I was getting to the point where I sort of was I'd run my course in the army and was sort of had had enough of the army life um and the opportunity to to be you know made redundant and paid to leave was um one that couldn't couldn't be turned up or turned down sorry um yeah, yeah. so I I sort of grasped that with with both hands and um one of the things that they the army do really well for people when they are leaving is try and um, offer various different courses and bits of advice um, in in resettlement and readjusting people back to civilian life. And one of the options at the career fair that I'd I'd been to was a um, sports massage course, and I thought, well, that's okay. in the realm of what I was interested in as a as a as a kid and sort of growing up and I've always been interested in in sports and and athletes and athletics um so I thought it was a good way to sort of um, combine a few of those and went off and did the first course and that was mm-hmm. fantastic it was really interesting it sort of taught me the, the basics it really was just sort of a, a basic course but it was enough to show me that that's what I where my future lay you know um so I went off from there and went to the North London School of Sports Massage to to study for my level five diploma, which was really more, much more of a 
um, professional qualification. You know, it's not just for giving people a little bit of a rub. It was to to actually learn how to to treat <laughs> well, to treat people. That, you know? No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I think a lot of people do almost belittle um, a lot of other, other yeah. therapists belittle what what that sort of massage does, but for a lot of you know it's it definitely has its place definitely has its place absolutely I think um everything has its place and um although I know massage very well one of the things that people do really need is a physical therapy and some need it um in a different degree and some you know in a a much more I wouldn't say fiercer that, you know, I don't want to put people off, but um, this is really what you do is remedial in many ways, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So it, it, for a lot of the people that a lot of the clients that I see, yeah, it very much is, is remedial in that people will be coming to me with a problem or an issue. Um, you know, be that either that they've been surfing a desk for 12 hours a day and they've got, you know, necks and backs that are absolutely solid or it's the, the other end of the spectrum and they're athletes and they've been training for 40 hours a week and their body just needs a bit of TLC. Both things are going to have a massive impact on posture and alignment and how the body works. And like most things in life, we want to be in that sort of safe middle ground and not at one extreme of being too flexible or too stiff or anything else and if you do too much of anything you're going to be pulled one way or the other um so it's just about reintegrating everything back into being that that nice happy place in the middle so when uh john somebody comes to you whether that be an athlete or somebody who does um, a gardener or Mm -hmm. someone who's at the desk is the consultation and is the advice that you give, of course, it's tailored, I suppose, to each client, but is that all very much an individual exercise for each one? Do you specifically work with everyone from the beginning to the end do you do a course of treatments how does it how how does it work with your practice yeah so I don't really you know I, I get some people coming in with you know injury like like for example if I get a runner coming in who's who's got mm. um an Achilles tendonitis problem so like some some stiffness and pain in the in the bottom of their Achilles um I r- roughly know how long that you will usually take to resolve itself and I've, you know, maybe three or four treatments, I'd expect to see some, some improvement, but I wouldn't necessarily say that to the client. Some people want to know how many treatments is it going to take, mm. but I can't, I can't tell you that because there's so many variables as to how and why. Yes. You know, I might see you if it's really a bad injury, I might see you once a week for a couple of weeks and then start mm. spreading them out. So maybe once a fortnight, once a month, whatever it might be. But that hour that I see you for or half an hour what I see that I see you for in the course of a week is a drop in the ocean it's not very much you know it's it's going to kick start things and get things moving but unless you do the stretches which we'll talk about or do the strengthening exercises or you know stop doing things um which are causing issues then you're never going to progress um so it's just a bit that that sort of education process, really, about how to how to people can can resolve issues themselves. I'm more of a facilitator of healing than a than a healer, if that makes sense. Yes, you teach people really to allow the body to heal itself. Yeah, so exactly, speak, exactly. Mm. Because I know a lot of people, um, especially, it is something where the therapists or healers, however we want to call them we can tend to rely on them a lot but the point of it all is to teach us a way that we can be independent of that and to try to take our lives in a different direction to make us more mobile and aware of our well-being is that something that you do do you give exercises do you give nutrition advice what sort of things do you do absolutely I always try and offer as much advice as as I can be that within my remit if you like as a as a sports massage therapist soft tissue therapist or just from my own experiences you know of of things that I know that work you know for you know pretty much everyone's chronically dehydrated most of the time so I'm constantly telling people to drink as much water as 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 physically possible pretty much um 
things they can do to change their diet. How much do you think is enough? How much is enough? Well, there's so much out there. I always say to people, well, how much is enough? And they say to me, you don't drink enough water. Yeah, but how much is enough? And it's like one litre, two litres, four litres, five litres. I don't know. What's your view on it? Well, yeah, I think you're your body pretty much tells you as soon as you, I always like to think of it, you know, as soon as you start to feel thirsty, you're already sort of slipping towards the dehydration end of, end of things. So if, if you are constantly thirsty, then you're constantly dehydrated, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff that sort of says that, um, you know, some, some, some people can't even sort of tell the difference between the, the body's sense, sense of sort of feeling of dehydration versus the feeling of hunger because they're that chronically dehydrated, the body, the signals just got completely sort of mixed up. So I sort of, I've heard that. yeah, if, I, I just think, you know, if, if you've always got a cup of water or, you know, teas, coffees, as long as they're sort of, you know, like a, like an Americano style coffee where it's predominantly water anyway. Um, if you're mm-hmm. sipping away on that, then there's more water going in than it's coming out. Then you're going to be all, going to be all right. And, you know, the, the body's good at giving clear indications as well, you know, um, so if you go into the toilet and it's it's you know it's quite copious and clear, then you know you're pretty much hydrated. Obviously, that doesn't account for you know people with other underlying medical issues and bits and pieces. But for general fit and healthy people, that's that's all you mm. need to sort of know to to look at really. It's a good indicator. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you must see a lot of people that um, come to you that have injuries. And they are probably very down about it. And it does have a huge psychological impact, doesn't it? Not being able to do the things that you have done before. Do you see that when they come in and they can't do something and how it affects them mentally? And how do you go about trying to help them with that? Absolutely. That's that's definitely something that I see. And I've, and I've seen both... Um in elite athletes and in general public, you know, it's, um, if you, if you can't do what you want to do, especially if that's been, you know, two, three, four weeks, or even, you know, a couple of months down the line, that gets seriously annoying and, and can easily become sort of a bit depressive. Um, and it's just trying to, instead of get people to focus on what they, what they can't do, it's, it's focusing on the little things that you, that you can do. Um, you know, so you might not be able to go for that, you know, marathon run or hundred mile bike ride or, you know, whatever it might be, but okay, you can walk up and down the stairs pain-free without having to cling onto the banister. That's more than you could do yesterday. Right. So next step, let's get you to walk to the end of the garden or you can walk to the shop. So, okay, now we're going to go for a little jog. And yes, you might only be jogging for 30 seconds, but that's a hell of a lot more than you were doing 10 days a month ago and it's you know if we keep progressing like that then you're going to eventually get back to where you want to be um and just trying to shift people's focus onto that and it was you know this the uh the elite athlete that sort of that comes to mind um was coming towards the end of his career it's sort of safe to say um Mm -hmm. but had been a fantastic sprinter um one of one of the country's top sprinters um and he had several Achilles issues throughout his career. Um, and every day would come in for treatment. Um, and all he really wanted was a pat on the back and someone to say, it's okay, it's fine, go and train. And as soon as you sort of get over the fact that you know that there's nothing actually wrong with that structure, you can you mm-hmm. can be quite forceful with the sort of the I don't want to see you, it's fine, go away, sort of sort of style of approach. And that's that's what he wanted. Yes. He wanted that reassurance of oh I am fine I am okay because he knew how it took him a long time to come back from from the last injury and to to re-injure it again would be you know that would be the end of his career mm-hmm. so you, in a way you are also there as a mental coach absolutely yeah that's it's definitely um something which it was was spoken about during my sort of training but it's something which I've had to go and sort of research and and further myself in um pretty pretty quickly after sort of setting up business on my own sort of realizing that people are going to come in and lean on you and it might not even be anything to do with an injury issue they might have had the world's worst week at, at work and just need someone to 
offload their stress at who's just going to sit there and take it and say all the right words and ums and ahs in the right places but that's what they need yeah. and if that's the case then mm. you know dump it all on my shoulders you know I'm, I'm quite good at being able to um listen to people's problems and issues and and mm-hmm. sort of not not take them on board myself I think that's something I've I've certainly tried or, or struggled with in my in my early days as a therapist was those mm. those clients that are coming in and are very emotionally draining to have on the couch and you just almost feel like a like a zombie when they've when they've left because you're just sort of uh you've they've, you've they've you know piled all this emotional stress and weight on you and and mm. you know you need to put up the barriers to almost stop stop their issues becoming your issues um, because yes, you yeah. know, for that for that hour, hour and a half, whatever it might be that they're on the couch for, um, they are my whole attention. But as soon as that hour click ticks over, then it's the next person coming in. And if I'm not in a the right frame of mind to be positive and upbeat and ready to help them, then I'm not much used to to anyone, and let alone myself. Yeah, because everything is energy. We are energy. Absolutely. Yeah. And especially being close proximity to people who are well or unwell you know in whatever state we find somebody in we are sharing this energy and tell me how do you because I know there's several I know with my work also you have to have a balance because you want to give your all you also don't want to stop that stream of energy which is sort of inevitable. It has to happen, that exchange. But you also have to put on a protective layer. So how do you deal with that, John? How do you protect yourself um, that you don't burn out with all of... Because, because it is. It's, it's burdens from people because of everyday life. How, what methods do you use? Um, I, think, I think when, when I'm sort of in my in my clinic and treating and I'm in that situation where I have got that that client who's offloading things I'm quite good at um trying to to put myself in their position and instead of looking at all the negative things that they've been experiencing and saying whatever they may be um trying to find I always try and find a positive twist on things uh, no matter what it may be um and what did you call yourself did you call yourself is it a spin yeah <laughs> yes I, bit of a bit of a spin merchant yes bit of a spin merchant yeah you know like a like a bad mm. newspaper reporter always looking for the spin but I'm always looking for the for the positive positive way of twisting absolutely anything <laughs> um you know yeah and I think that's that as soon as whenever you know mental health is massively important and is spoken about so much these days but everybody's constantly talking about and looking for bad mental health and people talking about what they can do to stop people with this and that and the other and I just think well why not just talk about mental strength and how you can become more mentally strong and mentally resilient so that all of these bad things that are, are out there just you know you can acknowledge them and go yeah that's 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 bad that you know that's it's shocking that that's happening but there's nothing I can do to change the fact that that's happening so I'm not going to let it affect me and I'm just going to you know waltz on through life um which you know is I think a lot of that partly comes down to the the sort of the military um training of, of of things because you know when if the job needs to be done yes. the job needs to be done no matter mm-hmm. who what where or when happens so um I just try to apply that in as in as good a way as as I can really it's um it's a good way it's a it's a good method and I think the army I can imagine has a good way of teaching that self-discipline and I was actually talking to somebody the other day uh, a friend of mine and he was saying to me you know there's so many bad things in the world and I said exactly what you said in a different way but the same thread I and I said to him look well what about the good things why don't we accept the bad things as they are that that doesn't mean that we don't try to change them accept the things that we can change and the things that we can't but let's look at what can we do that is positive what can we do 
to build a greater resilience mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally, however you know you want to put it. We need to focus now is the time of this, I believe, a great awakening with all of this that has gone on and is going on in the world to change the shift of perspective. <laughs> What, what do you feel? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. Um, I think times like this can, can bring out the, the best and the worst in people, can't it? Um, you know, I speak, mm-hmm. speak to yeah. sort of even just some of my, some of my friends when I've been having sort of conversations on the, on the phone and whatever to, to try and sort of uh, keep in touch with people. And some of them, it's, it's got a real mm-hmm. mixed bag, you know, other, other people who are, you know, sort of in similar positions to myself, you know, self-employed and unable to, to work at the moment. So very much sort of sat at home twiddling their thumbs and hating it and just sort of thinking, oh, but, I, you know, I should be doing this, I should be doing that. But thinking, well, you've got, you know, you've now got 24 hours of the day where you can do what you want to do, where you've just spent the last 10 years of your life working however many hours with with your complaint being oh I would come out for dinner but I haven't got time or I would do this but I haven't got time or I would do that I would read a book but I haven't got time now nobody's got that excuse everybody unless you're a key worker everybody's got got the time um yes and it's yes you know there's there's restrictions but there's lots that can be done and I think I think that will that's that doesn't matter whether it's now or in a year or in you know ten years time, and whatever the situation might be, there's there's always things that you that you can do yourself. And I think if you if you want to do something enough, you you will create the time and create create the ability to be able to do that. I absolutely agree with you because it is about what is important in life. And maybe this time now has come more than ever is to really find out what is it that you want from your life. And if you are not happy with your life, then do something practical to change it. As you said earlier, even if it's a small thing, but a consistent thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, there's, there's always, always a way of being able to progress and being able to do more than what you that you could do an hour ago or yesterday or last week um you can always find some way of squeezing that little bit more out yes and have you noticed uh, something john i've noticed uh usually people say i'm so busy i'm so busy and i would say to them what are you doing (laughs) what and it's really nonsense. I said, are you busy being busy? What are you doing? But now, absolutely nobody has said to me, I'm busy, yeah. which is actually yeah. a joy to hear. So when I said, I said to my friend the other day, I said to her, what are you doing? She said, nothing. I'm sunbathing in the garden. Yeah. And it was yeah. lovely. It was absolutely lovely to hear that someone is actually enjoying life. It's, it is good, isn't it? It is good. I mean, something I've, I've definitely noticed mm. whilst being out and out and about you know when I've when I have you know had to go to the shops um or been out running or cycling or whatever it might be there's people in general I think are a lot happier now in in a strange way you know or a lot more friendly anyway certainly if I'm if when I'm when I'm when I'm running and cycling well it's a bit harder when I'm cycling but certainly when I'm running around all the lovely villages we have around here um I always sort of nod at people if I've got my headphones on and listening to you know, podcasts or music or whatever it might be, audio books. I always acknowledge people, wave at them, nod at them, smile at them even. Um, and you, the amount yeah. of times before that people would look at me like, who's this lunatic waving at me? I don't know who you are. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, whereas now you just get a, a cheery smile back and you think this, this uh, you know, why? I hope this lasts. I hope this positivity lasts. Um, it's rather it's, it's, It is wonderful. It, it, it is it, wonderful. It, 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 Mm. Um, mm. and it's brought people together as humanity yes. because I think we realize the frailty of life yes for sure and we realize we are really in this together yeah there is no real separateness no there? no I think it, it's, it's it's taken something as drastic as this lovely coronavirus to to create that but 
but it's as you know it gives me being my little positive spin doctor it's it's you know um it's a good thing because yeah you know it's it's awful that there's so many people that have died have been infected and have lost people and hopefully won't lose that many more but in you know the numbers are still going up with, with mm. the, the the death toll unfortunately aren't they um so hopefully it won't go on for too much longer but it, if everybody can come out of it that bit more positive and a bit happier and a bit more um appreciative of everything that they have got then that's almost been a good thing Yes, there's so many people that have had terrible, terrible time with this and we can't take away the tragedy of it all. But it's like in a war situation and you know more about this, I'm sure, than I do. But there is always something that comes out of it that uh, I don't know for the people that are left behind. It is sad, you know, but we have to look towards a hopeful future we have to do that we can't give up hope because once we've given up the hope to live the hope for a better future uh, you know i think once hope is gone everything is gone and this is why really i wanted to do you know this podcast uh it was something that i as i said i was thinking about doing this for such a long time and i was you know pushed along to do it but as soon as I entered into this sort of seclusion set stage of life, um, I thought, you know, there are so many people out there with so many amazing stories, you know, like yourself, that we need to hear this. We need to hear that humanity is rather great. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. I think some of the, the some of the most inspiring people I've ever come across are some of the um, some of the athletes who have have disabilities because they they know no limits they know no bounds you know they might not have a leg or they might not have an arm or some other some other less visible sort of um, impairment but there's there's no stopping them and if more people could have that outlook and that strength of character and strength of mind then the world would be one hell of a place Wow. Can you imagine this power of all of us just making a difference to one person? That's all we have to do. Every person we meet, if we can make a small difference, whether, as you said, it's a hello, it's a smile, it's reaching out. It's not a fairy tale. You know, it is a reality. We all have this power in our hands to make someone's life better oh without a doubt without a doubt like you say it might just be that a cursory nod or a little hello um might be just what that that person sort of needs or someone to just go oh you're right um you know and taking that little bit of care and that bit of interest in in someone um is all it needs is all, all it sometimes needs to get someone to go, well, you know what, actually, and then that leads into, you know, a whole different conversation. Yes, yes, absolutely. And tell me, I know that you do a lot of endurance training. Is that right? I've got to get (laughs) it is. Yes, it is. Yes, Yes, because I know you're always cycling, you're running and you're doing all sorts of wonderful things. And it's amazing, really, what you do. And I know that you're involved with a lot of sports mm. teams and internationally as well isn't yeah it? so I've I have been I've been very lucky um to to work with some fantastic sports teams um all across the world um and one of the ones that have probably had that's quite an it is it is wow very, um, it is amazing and one of the ones who definitely had the biggest impact on me is the work that I've done across the the triathlon world um at Ironman events and some some challenge events as well um supporting what is so that? so what is an that? Ironman is um a long distance triathlon um I can't remember the distances off the top of my head I think it's a it's a it's about a, it's about it's about a 4k swim and then 112 mile bike ride and then you run a marathon at the end um so pretty ridiculous 
pretty ridiculous um yeah, indeed do, um and I've, I've i've been fortunate enough to work with um a whole host of um i say fun runners but when it's that sort of distance they're not really fun runners anymore like weekend warriors you know the the, the committed um the very very dedicated, dedicated. um athletes amongst us you know um as well as some professional athletes and do you work as a yes yeah, so I'm, i i do, do the, the sports massage yeah. therapy for them and i think when i i started off working with with these guys about uh, guys and girls about five years ago and i was fairly unfit myself um had no aspirations of ever doing a triathlon let alone an Ironman um, and slowly but surely the the enthusiasm that they all have and the stories that's that's the 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 more the, the, the bigger drive was the stories of people coming in and saying oh you know well I'd I'd never run I'd, I had to learn how to swim I'd never had you know I couldn't do this couldn't do that but I I wanted to so I got out there and I did it and here I am I've now done you know 10 Ironmen or you know might be my first Ironman or whatever it might be um and then it was wolf is it a is it a yearly no so they're 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 all over the place they're they're pretty constant so um most or a lot of a lot of countries most European countries that I can think of and countries around the world like there's loads in America as as well um have have uh, an Ironman event and it will be yeah it's an, it's an annual thing in in that country but they're all over the place and there's there's loads of other triathlons going on outside of the Ironman sort of brand um so there's there's they're, they're everywhere they're absolutely everywhere you just have to sort of look for them um and the stories that the people have got are just just insane and um they're they're <laughs> what makes them do it mostly is there a predominant feature in their life is for some people it's yeah they're, they're very much different I think a lot of people it's they've they've either got a point to prove to themselves or they're doing it to prove a point to someone or just because <laughs> um because they want exactly to exactly they would like exactly and i think that's that's the biggest yeah, thing it's, it is a hell of an achievement because you have to dedicate so much time and effort to be able to to, to complete yes. one that it, mm. it takes over your your life really um so the actual you know they they sort of i think the the actual completion rate for for people on the start line of an ironman event is is up there i think it's over sort of 90 95 percent i'm not not 100 sure on that but it's it's high i know it's very very high um and that's purely down to the fact that you you don't get anyone you know, just turning up on the day thing and I'll have a go at this. They've probably put in at least a year's worth no. of, of background training in the build-up to that, if not, you know, a lifetime of it. Um, certainly when you look at sort of the the elite athletes that are, that are doing it and the professionals, they're, they're, they're just incredible. The dedication that they all have is just mm. phenomenal. Is it something, John, that you would something like I have to? done? Something I have done. Um, yes, done. yes, indeed. So I did fun. my, I completed my first Ironman um, in July this year, uh, or last year, sorry, um, in Austria, mm-hmm. and it was it was fantastic. You know, um, it was all a progression from this this feeling I had when I started working and the the the, the uh, positivity of everyone wearing me down from going okay I'm never going to do a triathlon too well I, you know I'll, there's a there's a local triathlon event in Bedford I'll I'll give that a go and oh well that I quite enjoyed that okay well okay I'll do a couple more all right well then I'll do the logical next step of doing a a longer distance triathlon unfortunately for me I I lost my common sense there and went straight from a sprint distance triathlon which is a 400 meter swim a 20k bike and then a 5k run up to a half Ironman distance so a hell of a jump and then I did an Olympic distance which would be the one down and then I signed up for 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 the Ironman Austria um and it was it was a bit of a surreal moment really when I when I crossed the line and sort of um thought wow I've 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 achieved that you know that's 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 done did you feel oh massively so massively so um 
And I think something which I which I'd worked on quite a lot through through my training was um, my building up a mental picture of of me finishing um, and using that as my strength my my sort of reserve of energy to go to in times when both I was was training or during the actual event itself where you know it might be during training or on a day where you sort of know you're getting up and you think oh I've got to do some god awful swim in a freezing cold lake and then get out and drag myself yeah. around you know silly amount of miles on the bike when all I really want to do is lay in bed have a sausage sandwich and drink as much coffee as I can um <laughs> exactly exactly and then eat it but no you know and then you, you sort of go back to that that picture and that image and think okay well okay to 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 get there and to do that I need to have the the mental strength to 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 push through this little barrier because if you can't beat that barrier then you're not going to get through sort of the race and um it was it was mad you know I sort of built up a big this big picture of exactly how the sort of it would feel running across to the for the Ironman events they roll out for the last sort of probably four or five hundred meters of, of the run course which is the last aspect of it they roll out a red carpet all the way up to the to the big finish line where they have sort of the time and the big thing is that as you're as you cross the line they have their uh, announcer saying you are an Ironman and it's it's pretty fantastic um <laughs> and wow. and built up this whole image of how it was going to be and you know what it was it was uncanny the level of detail that was pretty much as I'd envisaged it you know I thought of everything right down to sort of I knew what I was going to be wearing what what my trainers were what color my socks were everything and and I think that that level of sort of imagery really really helped and that's something which I've I speak about quite a lot like you say in this this book that I'm that I'm sort of writing it's it's sort of aimed at helping there's definitely a focus on on athletes and in general just just people of how you know yeah I speak about if you want to have these athletic achievements but it's could be translatable to anything you know anyone who sets any sort of a goal if you can sit down and build up a mental picture of you completing it then that's you know you I'm I, I firmly believe that you know we we manifest what we what we think of um and if you can create that positive image of you completing whatever task it might be then you're on the way to sort of achieving it what a story a remarkable story John thank you for sharing that because it brings me on to the point of how thoughts are very, very important. And, you know, as you said, this imagery of you succeeding and being on the red carpet and achieving all of this is because you had a focus. And this, I think, is important in life, is to have a focus, a discipline. Everything that's good has a discipline. People always think that freedom is about doing what you want when you want. And there is a certain freedom in that. But the greatest freedom is to achieve something that really, really is the pinnacle of your life and to focus your energy on that. So I think listening to your story really has made me also think that you have to have, you know, and to the listeners out there, you have to have Without a goal, doubt, without a doubt, yeah. You? Without a doubt, because otherwise, what's the journey about? If there's no goal, if there's no destination, how do you make strategic steps to achieve what absolutely, you want in life? Absolutely, absolutely. I'm I'm a massive advocate of of sort of of goal planning, both short term and and longer term goals. You know, it, it doesn't matter whether it's a an athletic achievement or whatever it might be. You know, if you could, if you have a have a goal, then as soon as you sort of work backwards from that goal, you've immediately then got a plan. And if you've got a plan, then, you know, there's nothing stopping you from executing that plan. And if you execute your plan, then you'll achieve your goal. And then you'll be looking back thinking, crikey, how did I do that? Yeah. Exactly. Move on exactly. To the next, um, success story. No. It doesn't stop there because then your life becomes, it is really a journey of succession 
of different experiences and different things always happen in our life. Things that are good, not so good, adventurous, not so adventurous. But it all you have to have the goal. You have to have a purpose. For sure, in life. for sure. Um, I think one of the most dangerous things for anyone in any walk of life to do is to sort of just meander along without without any plan or a goal. And that's something I sort of realized when I was, you know, back in my teens really and um working and and not really getting anywhere. And that's why I ended up sort of joining the army. And that's what set me off on this road is that that feeling of not having a plan and not having that end goal of, well, that's not right. So I need to do something about it, sort of thing. Yeah, it's, it, I thoroughly agree with you. So tell me, John, what is your future goals? What are your goals? What are your, what's the vision? What's the next stage for your life? Well, that I suppose very much depends on, on how long this um, lockdown goes on for. <laughs> um, but when, when eventually life does all settle back down and get back to some sort of form of normality, you know, it's continuation of um, my development as a therapist. You know, there's always more to learn, more ways of more, more. There's loads of research always going on in, in sort of the, the, the sports massage medical world, you know, of how, how different treatment approaches help new research into different injuries and issues of, of various different treatment approaches so that's something which I'm always on top of um which is you know in, always interesting mm -hmm. to read up various different articles um trying to help as many people as I can through through my clinic so I would want to have a little a bit of bit of focus in fact to the next the, my next uh part of my uh lockdown sort of plan if you like is to plan how I can um, work some more on something else that I'm pretty, pretty passionate about is I've been doing some, some running coaching um, and I want to sort of help, help some, oh, okay. see if I can push that a bit, a bit more and get some more people that I can, that I can help, help with, with that. So that's um, exciting times. That's very exciting. Do you do personal? No, training? so I'm I'm not a personal trainer, but I've done um, my running qualification, running coaching qualifications uh, with with British with British athletics. Okay. Um, so I can I can take people out for for runs, and as long as it's running related exercise, and I can twist pretty much any exercise going into how it could be suited into a running exercise. Um, so, so that sort of is quite an all encompassing yes, sort yeah. of field. So no, I'm not a personal trainer. I am a, I'm a running coach. Yeah. Okay. And what would you, you know, I've been asking my guests, what one thing that has helped you through your life that you have stuck by and advice really to people that maybe are finding it difficult or losing you know the zest of their dreams what has helped you and what sort of advice would you give in for them to keep going and pursuing I think their life their life goals? I think I've always been quite good at never being too high never being too low you know take the take the good times with some some grace and have, be able to enjoy them but at the same time go you know go along the lines of having it with a bit of a, a pinch of salt you know and sort of saying okay well this isn't going to last forever but I'm enjoying it while it's happening and then equally when it's when it's uh when things aren't quite going working out as you as you plan to go and well okay well we'll go again tomorrow um or you know then looking back and good analyzing nice. the hows and the whys of not why things have gone wrong. I think as soon as you start looking at why things have gone wrong, you focus on what you're doing badly rather than what you're doing well. Um, look at ways you can do things better for sure. But changing that mental outlook on instead of thinking, okay, well, you know, this was terrible and that was terrible. Think, well, that was okay, but how can I make that from an okay to that was brilliant? Focusing exactly, on the solution rather exactly. than the problem. I, have, I absolutely hate people 
who have hates a strong word. I try not to use it, but I reserve it for for these people who have got yeah. a problem for every solution. I can't stand them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, there's absolutely. a lot of people. Like absolutely, that. there's a lot of people like that. But but I think it's also a case of they don't know any differently, and if they were taught differently or they have the help to look at things differently, you know, they could then possibly change sure. that mindset. It is all about as you know what we think things are. You know, there's that famous saying we don't see things as they are but as Indeed. we are so it all begins with ourselves if we change ourselves not change ourselves you know people say oh you have to change and you have to do this to be something different it's not it's about I believe and I don't know about you I believe it's about changing to become more of couldn't agree more really are. couldn't agree more you know, and I think I think you do a wonderful job and I wish you all the best. And thank you so much, uh, John, for coming on the show. I'm sure it's, it's a wonderful story. I have to say it's very motivating. No, thank so you very thank much. You. And tell the listeners where they can thank you and tell the listeners um, where they can get in contact with you, your website, uh, your email, your social media. I let you Perfect. Um, say it. I'm sure you'll say well, it. Yep. So way. I'm I'm on Facebook. My Facebook page is John Baker Sports Massage. Um, I have my website, which is johnbakersportsmassage.co.uk. And that has all of my contact details on there. It has a bit more of a chat about what I what I what I do professionally. Um, and if you have any problems or questions, then um, feel free to ping me a message and, um, you know, be it, a, be it a text message or an email or whatever it might be and um, get that ball rolling and see what we can do. Brilliant. That's brilliant. Hmm. I'm motivated already, actually. But I won't be joining you on the triathlon, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, no, you know, that's, that's just going a bit far. But I'm sure there's people out there who needed that motivation. Something just to say, Anything is possible. Fab. Good. Absolutely. Ab no, possible, absolutely. Yeah. Isn't it? Thank, thank you. you very much. Thank you very much. And thank you, everybody, once again for listening. Amazing talk. Amazing, amazing guests. Um, please do get in contact with John at his website and his social media and make that change to your life. Thank you again. Look after yourselves and lots and lots of love. Take care. Thank you for listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life, brought to you by your host, Mimi Novik. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and see you in the next episode. For more information about Mimi Novik and her books, music, and inspirational work, take a look at her website, www.miminovik.com. .co.uk